We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. This podcast is part of the Bomb Pod Media Network. everybody i am your host tony merkel and i am really glad that you're here and i am really glad to be here a couple weeks ago i told you we're going to start doing the itunes shout outs where anybody who leaves a rating and review on itunes will get a shout out from me on the following show plus the favorite review of the month will get a free gift in the mail from the confessionals this week's shout outs are srm scotty colith i fat matt nick dimer todd hedges Stay Puffed 262, Gustavo LOL, Life is Good 217, Mrs. 67, Mings, Da Moose Joe, Mosquito, and rounding it off, K Dog. I really appreciate you guys coming on, leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. It helps a ton, and that's why we're asking you to do so. The more ratings and reviews you guys give, the higher our show will rank on iTunes and it will be exposed to a bigger audience. And that's the goal here. So please go ahead. If you haven't done so already, go on iTunes, leave us a rating review, and we will definitely give you a shout out and you will possibly win a free gift in the mail at the end of the month. Also, I want to remind you guys, we do offer memberships to the website. Memberships are not free. They do cost $3 a month. But with that $3 a month, you do get access to the membership section where we do post one extra episode a month for members only. So if you're interested in becoming a member, head on over to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com check the membership section and you can sign up that way if you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show it does not matter if it's bigfoot paranormal ghost dogman i don't care what it is it could be conspiracy shoot me an email my email address is the confessionals podcast at gmail.com that's the confessionals podcast at gmail.com tonight we have tara coming on and tara has had a life of experiences with paranormal activity stemming from when she was a child so sit back and relax and enjoy tara's stories that are about to start right now 
Okay, tonight I have Tara coming on, and Tara and her husband actually are fellow truck drivers, and I am excited to talk to fellow truck drivers anytime I get a chance to. Tara, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, your husband contacted me a few weeks back and stuff and started sharing with me some things that have happened throughout your life, and uh, he thought that you'd be interested in sharing some of your stories with us tonight. So, you know, I'll let you get, uh, I'll let you get going on this and just kind of take it away and share with us, you know, some of these, um, I guess, paranormal experiences you've had throughout your life. Okay. Um, when I first really started noticing stuff, um, I was probably, I was a teenager. I would see, I'd be sleeping in my bed and I'd see these little, um, kind of like a gargoyle type thing. And I'd see a jump from like the top of my bedroom door over to like the top of my closet doors. And they used to freak me out. They were black and they looked like gargoyles. And when I, I didn't think too much of it. And then as I started getting older, I saw probably the next thing I saw was my Bigfoot encounter. So I will get into some of that. Um, I saw when I was about 17, I was driving home from work and I lived in Southern Oregon uh, and I worked at a place I didn't get off work till about midnight. So I was driving home and I lived up the river and I happened to see one. It kind of did the peak around the corner behind it. It was behind a tree and he peeked out at me and, and I kept looking at it going, what the heck is that? But it didn't have the regular Bigfoot look. It, it might've been a juvenile because it had more, it didn't really have, it kind of still had a neck. Um, for me, that was kind of strange, but I, I mentioned it to my mother the next day and she had said that my dad had seen the same thing in that same area. And then like after that, I started dating a guy who, who went to church. So I started going to church with him and I started learning about, you, you know, I had never been to church before in my whole life. So I started kind of learning about angels and demons. And so then I, I started putting a little bit more things together in my mind about what the the darker forces in the universe. And when I was with him, I, I also had a, I had a dog at the same time who she wouldn't allow him to come down the hallway to our bedroom after certain nights when he's been drinking and stuff. So I definitely feel that um, that presence with my dog keeping evil away from me. And um, the, the next thing happened to me years later, my husband and I had split up and I was visiting a friend of mine in Northern California. And she was telling me about how she had this outbuilding that was big enough it was kind of like the size of a garage and she had like a table and stuff set up in there. And we were sitting in there and she was telling me how that there was a ghost that lived in there. And, you know, and at that point I'm just thinking, Oh, sure. Whatever. I, I didn't believe what she had to say about that. And she kept saying how it doesn't like men and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and a few weeks later, a month or two later, um, I ended up moving in to her home with her and my boyfriend was living with me at that time and we were sleeping and I instantly had woke up and 
and I saw this presence come in through the, the bedroom door. And like I was saying, it looked like the creatures that are in Harry Potter, the, the black floating things. And then also they were in uh, very similar things in Lord of the Rings or like the wraith things. Um, but that was before those movies had even come out. And it kind of floated at the end of my bed and came over to my side of the bed. And it was like mind speaking to me. And it was saying how it wanted to possess me. And I said, in my mind, I was saying, you know, I'm a child of God. No. And um, my boyfriend that was next to me, like that creature flashed over me and all of us. And it was like disappeared, like into my my ex-boyfriend at this point. Um, and he was like going into convulsions when this happened. And just what I had learned from going to church, I'd put my hands on him and started praying and, and the convulsions had stopped. But after that, he was kind of always a little bit different. And then let's see, after that, we went, I ended up marrying that guy and we had moved to Ohio and we had purchased a home that um, I didn't know at the time. It actually has, it has a little graveyard on it from a, a guy that owns the land, him and his, he has a couple of wives that were buried there with him. And when we were there, we, we started going to a church that their, their belief was this, they believed in possessions and attachments, demonic attachments. So my ex, he's not my ex-husband. He went through um, like the demonic attachment program because they believed that whatever that was that probably went into him was some kind of a demonic attachment. And when they were doing the counseling with him, they asked for me and a friend of mine to stay in the sanctuary and pray for him. And they took my ex-husband into a back room and it was the pastor and his wife who had a degree in psychology. And then they also took a couple of other elders from the church and they started, you know, trying to get the, the demonic presence to leave him. And it was a sunny, beautiful day. And all of a sudden, my, my friend and I who were in a sanctuary could hear this voice coming out of the back room that was very deep and scary sounding. It, it was definitely not a human voice coming out of that back room. And all of a sudden, the sky just turned gray and lightning and thunder and it just started pouring down rain during this when this was happening and he um you know they were back in the room for a while and then all of a sudden like it was a spiritual fight for what was going on and they ended up as soon as it was over the sky got all clear and sunny and beautiful again and then so, um, and then in my house that we were living at, it was kind of a, a 
tri-level, like on the very bottom, there was a garage and a living room. And then you kind of went up seven or eight steps and there was another living room and the kitchen and dining room. And then you went up another six or seven steps. And at the top of the stairs, it was kind of like a little landing and a bathroom. And then there was another bathroom and four bedrooms. And my bedroom was at the top of the stairs that faced that walkway. And I would, you know, I'd wake up and I'd I'd see, one time I had seen this older lady that had, you know, her hair was done like from the 60s style. It wasn't quite like a beehive, but it had like these big curls in it and a gentleman with her. And they both were just stand outside my bedroom door. They wouldn't come in and they would just stand there and look in at me. And my ex-husband would, he'd tell me about this other spirit he would see in there. And it was a, a young boy who was about the same age as my youngest son at the time. And he had very similar look to, to my son. And my ex-husband said that it, literally came in and was standing beside the bed and he said he was talking to it thinking it was my son but then he like woke up and realized that I mean I don't know if he woke up or he just acknowledged that it wasn't him that he was still downstairs so for me I I didn't really think too much of that one until it had done that to me too it had come and it kept walking past my bedroom door but it, it would never come in the bedroom door. And it was really confusing because I knew that my son wasn't even home at the time. So then it had dawned on me that I knew what I was seeing at that point. So we had the pastor and his wife come in and do like a spiritual cleansing and they anointed the house with oils and um, prayed over the house. And after that, we didn't have too many more problems in that home. But then after after that, in 2012, I had moved back to Oregon here. And I got divorced. And so then I was single for a while. And then I had met my husband, my current husband, now Cody. And when we got married, we went to Virginia City for our honeymoon. And when we were there, we went on, they have a tour, an evening tour, where you walk through the town with the EMF ghost readers. And we went through um, the Delta Queen, or the Silver, Silver Queen Hotel, and we went through there. And and I, I didn't feel too much going through there or anything, but then at the very end of the tour, they took us in front of this old store. And they had told us that um, we had, in the areas where a little girl was killed, she got run over by a wagon, and they said that her presence is still there, and that if we, they gave three of us, it was too late, myself and another gal and a gentleman had those EMF readers, And I said, if you talk to her, so we had all kind of talked to the little girl 
And my machine was lighting up like crazy. And the other gal, hers was lighting up, but the gentleman, his, his was barely doing anything. And so the tour guide said, well, if you walk up, up to the hill a little bit to the edge of where the property was of the store, that we'd probably lose the girl because she was told to stay in the lines of, you know, she couldn't go past the edges of their, her parents' store. So we tried it. And of course, when I got to the edge, my EMF, it stopped working. And, and the other gal came up and hers had stopped working also. So then we turned around and soon when we got back, stepped over the line onto the property, they lit up again. And so me, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, who, who knows what that means? So I let Cody hold it. And as soon as he took the EMF reader, it stopped working and he, he couldn't get it to light up. And when he handed it back to me, it started lighting up again. And I could feel the presence of something that was with us there. And then after we had left, we had also gone into the Washu Club and did the tour in there. And, you know, I, we just walked through and everything seemed pretty normal. But at the very end, they take you into a, a crypt, I guess. That's where they threw the dead bodies in through the winter. And they kind of their building is built up against the hillside. So they just, so it's rock under there and they just threw the bodies down there until spring, till the ground thawed out enough for them to um, dig some graves. And when we went in there, I was hit with an overwhelming smell of death in there. It was so bad. I had to cover my face and, you know, and it was, it was just terrible. We had gone we see and we do a lot of we go to a lot of those haunted places in the country when we get a chance when we're driving. So a couple of years ago we went to um the the Whaley House in San Diego and we both Yeah, and in that place, Cody and I both kinda got a feeling we didn't see any apparitions or anything, but as soon as we went in, they kinda it there was in the courthouse. And like the living quarters and stuff were all there. And there was just a very overwhelming feeling for me. And, and I'm not, I don't get real anxious, but I noticed when I start getting anxious that there's a, a presence around me. And, and when we were in there, Cody actually had, um, had, he started getting a really bad headache and he was like, Oh, we have to get out of here. And then as soon as we got out of there, and took, you know, we took a few breaths, um, that both that, those feelings had gone away. And then we were, we also had gone to the Myrtles plantation in Louisiana. And when we were there, we did the tour and I had felt some oppression when I was, we were in there and the tour guide was telling us about there was this walkway between the buildings and he, he was telling us how the children, the ghosts of the children like to play in there. And, you know, we weren't thinking too much of it until the fact that he had to go, he had to walk down there after the tour. It was like the very, we did the very last tour and he was trying to close stuff down. And when he came back, like something grabbed his pants and he literally fell over and injured himself 
when he was trying to get back up onto um, the sidewalk between the buildings. So that was another crazy experience that we had. Last month, our truck had broke down. We were in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we stayed at the old Plains Motel that's been there since the 1800s. And I was talking to the maids. There was two maids in there. And I asked them both at the same time if they had ever felt anything because the story there was was that a, um, a lady and her husband had got married and they were on their honeymoon. And during that, the husband was meeting up with one of the red light workers in there. And she ended up killing him and killing herself there in the in the building. So I asked him, and, and the one gal said, oh, I've been here five years and haven't experienced anything. And the other gal said, oh, yeah, every day she experiences something. And as I was talking to her, I started getting really anxious. And I was talking really fast, and I was just really wound up. And I could totally feel that the presence, I was telling her, I'm like, it's here right now. So she's like, oh, yeah, you know, and so she was feeling that. So I, I just noticed that when I, I go to places, I really pick up on the the feelings around me. And I think that has, a lot of that has to do with, you know, as a kid, I was definitely shyer and quieter. And I'm just, it's continued on with a lot of that. And I think I'm more open to acknowledging that this stuff is out here in the world. And so since I'm more open with it, it tends to approach me more. So that that's pretty much most of the experiences I've had. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like a lifetime of experiences that you've had. And so I guess... What you're saying is I, you kind of feel like you're more sensitive than most people, right? Yeah. That's, I definitely feel that um, because my, I don't know, I feel like I'm spiritually centered, I guess. And I'm more open to knowing there's angels and demons. You, know, you can't have one without the other. And you know, and I think that just opens, and I, I'm more of an observer than and more into taking action unless I have to in situations. I always am trying to just observe everything going on, and, and I think that just helps me to be able to see more of what's going on. So Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, so basically, instead of interacting, you more observe yeah i mean i've I've tried i mean i've tried to interact just like when we were in virginia city we were staying we stayed the night in the the silver queen and there's supposedly a a ghost in there who likes to um have fun with men and cody wasn't feeling very well when we were there so they have these big old-fashioned windows where you can literally like sit in the window and we were we were on the third floor and I, was, I just told her, I'm like, you can do whatever you want to Cody. I said, just don't push me out this window. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that was pretty pretty interesting. But um, did anything I don't really happen? Know, didn't know there. No, <laughs> good thing I didn't want to fall out the window. Right. <laughs> I've noticed that some people seem to have more sensitivities than others. Uh, and I also noticed that sometimes people seem to ha- be more sensitive to these things during certain periods of their life. Like some people, when they're kids, seem to be very sensitive. And sometimes people develop a sensitivity as they get older. And I, I always wonder, yeah. you know, what that, what, what, what causes that? Uh, but it seems like you had this kind of like a whole life kind of thing going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I know that sometimes like, with kids, they try to tell them, you know, oh, that's just make believe. That's not your real friend, you know, like imaginary friends. And I think that's just kind of pushed out of our minds to not accept it because, you know, you, you were labeled as crazy if you see that kind of stuff or if you're talking to your invisible friend, nobody else can see you're labeled as crazy. Right. So I think that kind of, there's a lot of stigma around that, but you know, and I think nowadays there's with so many TV shows and stuff, there's a lot more opening to that. And I, and people are willing to say, wow, that kind of crazy stuff has happened to me. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Most of my stuff kind of, I don't really know. I have a I have a whole space in my life where I have no memory until I I have bits and pieces of my memory until I was about 10 or 11 and then it's kind of where I was able to start really remembering things. And after that is kind of when I started noticing more things in my life of seeing things. And then after you know especially after I started going to the one church it definitely opened my eyes a lot more to the angels and demons. And, and a lot of times I would experience that with, you know, that, um, what people call sleep paralysis. Um, I've had that multiple times in my life where I, I don't necessarily know if I believe in the sleep paralysis theory or if it's, uh, during those times I'd never seen what people, some people say they see, the shadow person or whoever I'd never seen that, but I know that for me, what always would ha- I'd have to try to fight it. And as soon as I could say Jesus that, you know, and I could verbalize that, then it instantly went away. Yeah. So, that's a, I mean, that's a, a common thing. It's a common thing. Yeah. That a lot of people describe is that, you know, whatever is going on ceases almost immediately once they claim the name Jesus. Now, I've also heard of people saying that they cry out the name Jesus and nothing changes. The attack continues and uh, yeah, I, they pretty much have to suffer through an attack until it finally slowly stops or whatever. Um, it's interesting, though. It really is. It's, it's an interesting phenomenon. When, when you mentioned about not having memory up to like the age of 10, at what point did you realize that you don't have a memory from your early childhood is that like something that you that you realized as an adult or is it like you you were 14 and you realized wait a second I don't remember past four years ago well it was it wasn't that I didn't remember anything I mean because it was just bits and pieces I would remember um 
for me, I didn't, it didn't really dawn on me until actually I started going, I had to go to therapy to my ex-husband was um, pretty abusive. So I had to go through a lot of therapy and then the therapist says, she's like, Oh, well, let's, let's start at the beginning kind of thing. And she'd say, you know, picture yourself at this age and what's, what do you see? And for me, it was like, I could never see, I never saw through my own eyes, which is kind of weird. She'd ask me, you know, those questions and, and I would always see myself as a person separate from myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So from like my memories were more around the fact of like seeing myself as uh, somebody else. Like I'm watching myself through somebody else's eyes. Like a, like a third person kind of view. Yeah. My memories, I don't, my memories at that age were, are separate from, you know, I don't see my memories through my own eyes. I see them like as if I'm watching myself do stuff. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes sense. It almost kind of like when you're dreaming and you see yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah, I totally, so get, the, I totally get that. My, my memories are. Because, you know, and my family will say, oh, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And I'm like, no, not at all. I don't remember any of that. And they're always like, that is, I don't know why you don't remember that. Just, I don't know why either. So I don't know if there was just something that freaked me out too bad when I was, I remember when I was little, I used to have a reoccurring dream about like a, a demonic dragon type thing. So I don't know if that was part of it or, you know, what, what caused all that. What kind of details do you remember from that dream? Do you remember what the dragon thing looked like? <sighs> Well, I was, I was a little kid, so it kind of was more, oh, this is going to sound stupid, but like the old cartoon, like Pete's the Magic Dragon guy. Yeah. Or Pete's the Dragon, but not as cartoony. It was big like that and body-wise. That's pretty much how I remember it. Okay. When you yeah. were younger, one of the first memories you shared with me was about these black gargoyle-looking things, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering, first of all, I guess, how, how big were these things that you were seeing? They, hmm, I would say eight to 10 inches, maybe. But there was like a bunch of them, like, like they were little bugs. Try, you know, I don't know. They were just like jumping back and forth from my bedroom door to my, because my bedroom door and the closet were like in the corner and butted up to each other. Um, and I would just see them. They kind of walk along and then they'd hop to the, the closet door and we just kept going back and forth. And, you know, I was a kid, so I just buried my head under the covers. Cause you know, you don't really know. You're like, what the heck is that over there? Yeah. Now, when you saw these things, I know this is going to sound silly when I say this, but uh, looking back at it, ha I mean, have you ever heard about people seeing these fairies? And if you have, do you think that this could be something similar? I mean, 
not from what I understand, I haven't I'm not an expert on the whole fairy thing, but from what I understand, people who see fairies, these fairies don't necessarily have to have wings and fly around and they certainly aren't pretty to look at. Because a lot, a lot of times, from what I understand, they do look kind of gargoyly, and uh, I, I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on that. Um, I don't know. I've never looked at it that way. I've always just thought that, you know, that's kind of just how I've always placed it in my mind. Um, I mean, it could have been. It could have been what those were. Um, we did live up out in the woods in. Uh, southern Oregon is where we were living um yeah I mean they, they could have been they kind of they kind of look like they had wings on them on their backs but they they weren't they didn't fly or anything they were just they were jumping back and forth and there was probably five or six of them um so I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't discount that that's what that was so you you couldn't really tell what they were doing other than just kind of jumping back and forth yeah so i don't know if they just were yeah i don't know i just okay know that they were there um because they weren't interacting with me or anything at that point They, they were just there i'd seen them a couple of different nights um I don't know. And, and of course I didn't really say much to my family because they would have thought I was just crazy. Of course. Or, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where, I mean, even as a kid, you know, there's certain things that you're like, I, how do I even start talking about this? You know? So you just kind of like, let it go. Uh, especially if they're, you know, interacting with each other and pretty much ignoring you. Uh, it sounds like you didn't feel like you were threatened. I. I brought yeah. I brought up uh, the fairy thing because I I know uh, now I can't think I, it's either Ireland or Scotland I believe I believe it's either Ireland or Scotland they actually a lot of the people there believe that these fairies are there and from what I heard like they'll actually build roads around certain areas where they believe the fairies live like they will not disturb the fairies at all and uh, yeah you know I I just I just found it interesting when you said how tall they were. And what I'm picturing in my mind is some kind of like skinny little gargoyly entity looking things. And um, from what I've heard, fairies described as it's not your Peter Pan Tinkerbell fairy that, uh, you, you, that, that people are seeing. A lot of times it's these little gross looking creatures for lack of better terms. Yeah, that would kind of make sense. Cause, but, but I, you know, I didn't see, they weren't like walking on two legs. You know, like when you see a gargoyle and they're kind of always almost in a, like a, a sitting type position. That's kind of hunched over. Yeah. And then they kind of more or less moved like a, they were walking like a toad kind of, you know, they didn't, when they kind of were walking, you know how toads walk, they kind of, you know, walk with all four of their legs and they kind of just jump over yeah. to the other door. So they're more hopping around like that than they were upright walking. Yeah. Did you happen to see anything, any of them actually upright walk or were they all kind of doing the same thing? 
they were all doing the same thing. That's interesting. Seems weird because when one of the memories I have from when I was really little is I was scared to death of what was in the closet. And I'd always have to have my mom or somebody check the closet and shut the closet. You know, and to this day, they still make fun of me about, I don't, I don't worry about the closet anymore, but they still make fun of me about when I was younger. And even as a teenager, I had to make sure the closet door was shut and I had to look in there. <laughs> Just scoping out the scene and making sure everything's okay. Yeah. I'm going to make sure there's nothing in there. Yeah. How, how old was this house that you were living in? When I was really little. Oh, it was a pretty old house. Um, so it was probably built in the twenties, the I think. Okay. So at that time it was probably a 60, 70 year old house, 60 year old house at least. Now I'm trying, now I'm not real familiar with the West coast. Obviously I'm not here on the East coast, but I'm trying to think like, I know out West there was settlement kind of was behind compared to the East coast. Cause everybody had to move out that way. So from what I understand, like in the early 1900s, there weren't as nearly as many people out West and that there are today. Um, so an older house like that might be one of the more uh, older houses you would find out there, I would think. Is that right? Or am I totally off on that? Um, could be. Um, this particular house was in Southern California. So... Hmm. Yeah, it was, you know, only an hour or two north of the the Mexican border. So there was still population from then. You know, a lot of the the Mexicans were still here when it became, you know, when it became California back way back. But um, the West Coast was more built up from the Chinese and the Japanese coming into San Francisco, you know, as, as labor. Right. So then in, out of San Francisco and Portland and Seattle, that's kind of where the major ports coming in. And so there's, that's where like the big pockets are. And then of course, you know, people merged out from there. Um, but yeah, a lot of, old farmhouses. The, now the house I lived in, in Southern Oregon, my dad had just built that house. It was a brand new house, but the land that was around it was, it kind of butted up to the Calameopsis wilderness there in Southern Oregon. And there was a lot of Indian land there. So I don't know if, and, and like our neighbors were part of the Payne Indians and stuff like that. So I don't know if any of that linked in or, you know, hmm. could have, you know, cause my dad had cleared out the property of the trees and everything that were there when he built that house. Yeah. You know, and I just thought of something. I, uh, I forget who I was talking to. I, it might've been Wes Germer. I, I was talking to somebody and they told me that somebody had sent them a little tiny footprint cast and I believe it was from the Northwest. Now, I'm not sure, but I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, kind of look into that whole situation and see if maybe it could have been some kind of like 
little people. I know people claim to see these little tiny people out there. Now I know you said they were kind of more, um, gargoyle So I guess that probably wouldn't make much sense that way, but just kind of, I don't know, just brought that up because I just thought about that now. But, uh, so I wanted to ask you about this, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I guess this floating creature, uh, a little bit later on in life, uh, you said it kind of looked like the, the creature from Harry Potter, right? Yeah, there's a, in Harry Potter, it was called a, a Dementor. And it, yeah. And then like on Lord of the Rings, it was, I think it was called a race. So it, like it was, it was so weird that this creature I had seen was before those movies even came out. So it's like in those movies, it's like, to me, I sometimes I think, did somebody really, did somebody see this thing like I saw? And this is what they're like creating them in movies to look like because they, they are such a scary thing. You know, I, I, like it was just all black. It had like no, it was like in this cape type thing, like how those were, you, you saw no facial features no nothing it was it was you know it was nighttime and we had there was a street light that kind of shone in the bedroom so there wasn't a whole lot of light and this thing was so black it was it was blacker than night if that could even be possible no it's absolutely possible i mean uh i've heard people talk about these shadow people that just when you look at them i mean it's almost like you get lost in how black they are and how deep the blackness is. Uh, is yeah. that, is that kind of like what you experienced? Um, well, when it, it approached me, it definitely, there was like an, an evil to it. And, you know, like I was saying it was kind of like mind speaking to me, how like it wanted to like possess me. And I was like, no, I, I'm a child of God. No way. And that's when it kind of just went right over me and right into um, my ex and he started convulsing. It was the most insane, scariest thing. And, and just from going to church, I knew if you lay hands on pray, lay hands on people and pray for them, you know, that that really helps. And, and it stopped his convulsions. But I honestly, when I look back, I don't, I think that it, it stayed with him. Do you think it was with him beforehand? Do I think it was with him beforehand? Yeah, I mean... Is that what you asked? Yeah, because I mean, you you saw this thing. And I mean, when you see it, it says, I want to possess you. I'm assuming it's telling you it wanted to possess you, not asking, right? Maybe. Uh, um, yeah, it was kind of more telling. But it like came... It was also where I was living with the lady who said that there was an entity that lived in her her garage type shed that she was saying didn't like men. So after the fact, I, I was thinking, I wonder if that had something to do with it. Cause this, maybe this evil presence came out of her, her building gotcha. and was like, I want to possess you. And then I was like, no. Okay. But to, to me, that's, I, I don't think that the, I I never looked at it that way, but I don't think that the presence was with him to begin with. I think it came from the land or the property we were at at staying with my friend. 
All right. That makes sense. I mean, I, I was just wondering because if it was, if it was actually asking you and then it jumped into him, I would just be like, well, why didn't it have to ask him? You know what I mean? But if it's telling you, I guess that would probably be a, just a, a totally different scenario. Uh, cause then you actually refused, uh, yeah. But from that moment on, things kind of kind of got crazy with him, right? Because you said that he had to get, you know, pretty much an exorcism, right? Pretty much, yes. But it also could have been the fact that as soon as it passed my the doorway, the threshold of the doorway, I instantly, I instantly was awake, and when it came over. You know, and you kind of, you have to give permission for evil to reside in in your your spirit or your soul, unless you're already doing something like playing. You know, they call playing in the devil's backyard, where you've opened yourself up to you know stuff accessing you, and that might have been why it was kind of asking more asking me because I, you know, my spiritual belief with God and then maybe his, his spiritual wall wasn't as high and he allowed, you know, he ended up allowing it in because um, he was already kind of playing in the devil's backyard. I mean, that, that could be it also. Do you, do you know that? Or are you just kind of speculating? Do you know if he was up to anything? I, um, I'm I'm speculating just because looking back and how, um, you know, a lot of things that he had done in the relationship, which, you know, could have been because of that. I, you know, I don't know, um, you know, cause he ended up like cheating on me and he was, he couldn't tell the truth for the life of him, you know, and I don't know if that was, might've been because of what might have jumped into him he just you know he he couldn't tell the truth if he ended up cheating and stuff like that too you know so i don't i don't know so then i after i had found out i agreed to stay with him still which was not a wise idea and then they did the exorcism but by then the damage was done i still couldn't believe anything he said because the, the damage, he had already caused so much damage in me that I couldn't trust him anymore. Yeah. When he did, when they did the exorcism on him, was that something that he volunteered to do? Or was that something that was like, you know, everybody saw there was an issue and things had to be taken care of? Um, he volunteered because he knew, he knew that there wasn't, there was something not right. Um, because, you know, it's it's like he things that he wanted to do, he'd still, you know, would have the thought of doing wrong. So he he it was all volunteer. Okay. Yeah. I, and I can, it, was, it was the strangest voice coming out of that room. I mean, I I knew that was not his voice. Whatever they were talking to was was um not of this earth anymore. Was there any uh, physical restraints going on or anything? I mean, physically, when they were doing this, did they describe what happened as far as his body? Did 
they have to hold him down kind of things. I hear, you know, different stories that people describe that they actually had to lay on top of somebody because their body was just like convulsing or uh, whatever, you know, was there anything like that? Or do you think, or was it more just he, he sat down in a chair and they were basically communicating with something other than him? No, they, during the deliverance, they definitely, um, I'm not, I'm pretty sure they probably at some point had to restrain him. Um, they said definitely like his face would contort and, you know, we're literally to the point where it like, wasn't even like his face. Um, you, you know, and it would speak in different languages, you know, and definitely know that my ex-husband <laughs> did not speak a different language. Yeah. Most people don't. <laughs> most people don't. Uh, yeah. We work hard at being healthier. One, two, and what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. I mean, did you hear the different language? I mean, what did it sound like? Was it something like, uh, like a foreign language or was it more like an unknown language? It was more unknown to me. Um, it was very like, I could not hear what they, what the pastor and what they were saying to my ex-husband. I could hear what, like the response and the, the tone and, it was very like guttural and deep and sounding. Um, so that was like pretty much all that I could hear. So I don't know what they were asking him, but yeah, you could tell that there was something very ancient sounding to it, but then also um, it would switch back and it would, they would speak English too. So, I mean, I, I, I recall that, but I can't like pick out words at at this point to to tell you what the words were. Cause I know I was just like in the sanctuary praying for him and it was more the sound, um, the sound of it, like gave me like this primal fear inside me at the same time. Yeah. When, when they were done doing this, I'm assuming he walks out. Is he now, a different person? Like what was his demeanor after this whole ordeal? He was, he was very, um, physically exhausted, um, mentally exhausted at that point. Um, he definitely, um, you know, like when they say like people kind of have an aura or they're happier, just like when you meet anybody, he, he definitely, when he came out, like he appeared, um, it's going to sound weird, but like lighter, like he wasn't so weighed down with some kind of burden. That makes sense. And he, he definitely, you know, after he kind of physically recovered, he, he seemed like, um, he was, um, 
don't know if happier is the right word. Um, so there was definitely a, a, a change in him. It was mentally, there was a, a mental change for sure. Did he remember what happened in that room? Or was that something that he blacked out on almost? Um, he has no memory of it, of what happened. He just, he just remembers going into the room and coming out. He doesn't remember anything that happened in there. Wow. That's, well, that's incredible. Actually, that's really incredible, you know, to go through such a physically, emotionally, and mentally straining situation and not remember anything. That's I don't know. I mean, walking out of that room feeling exhausted, but not be able to remember what happened. That's kind of, it's kind of freaky, but I mean, at the same time, you said he walked out looking more liberated. So, uh, it's a positive thing that way. Yeah. And he, he knew what he was going into. I mean, he had heard of other deliverance things and he, so he knew he was walking in and they were going to try to perform this. So it wasn't like, he had, I mean, so I'm sure he had some idea after he walked out that, you know, that he had some freedom, but, you know, so I think that explains why he, he knew what he was going into. And when he came out, he, he was okay with not knowing what happened either. He just knew, he knew that obviously something happened because he was kind of a different person walking out. Right. So when you guys go home, now, after this whole situation, you mentioned some other stuff going on. I'm just trying to draw it out in the timeline. You, he goes mm-hmm. through this exorcism, and you still, when you go home, you still see some stuff in the hallway and things like that, right? Yes. Okay, so, so do you think that? Ahead. Do you think that those entities that were hanging around the house were any relation to? what was cast out of him earlier? Um, I don't know. I've never thought of it that way. I know, um, because they never appeared evil, which I, I guess, you know, they, um, might not appear evil if they're trying to appear to be friendly at first. Part of it, I, I, I was thinking that maybe it had to do with the people that were buried on that same piece of property we had, which I didn't know that there was people buried there until we started exploring the property. You know, and it wasn't a little bitty gravestone. It was probably six foot tall, a great big thing for this for the guy. And then he had a wife buried on each side of him. Um. So I don't know if it might have been like that guy and one of the wives. Um, I don't know how to explain the child. Um, so I don't know if that was something that that house was built in 79. So it wasn't that old of a house um, when we moved in there. And, or I don't know if it's just, something residual or if it kind of been, could have been something that came with us from somewhere else. Um, I just know that they, they were spirits of their, their own self. They weren't like attached 
and controlling anything that I was doing or what my ex-husband was doing. I got you. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know that, um, it's kind of weird as we, we had a set of sheets for our bed and to this day, I don't know if he like cheated on me when he was using those sheets or whatever, but whenever we had those sheets on the bed is a lot more is when I was having the, um, the sleep paralysis stuff. And one day I just kind of made that connection of, you know, I really have this problem whenever we have these sheets on the bed. And so we went to burn them. And when we burned them and we burned them in the fireplace and like, there was like all kinds of different colored flames coming out. So I don't, I didn't know if that was, you know, some, whatever was, might've been with those sheets or if it just was some chemical on the sheets or something, you know. What what were the sheets made out of? Like cotton, I guess? Yeah, they were cotton sheets, but they also had like the stars, like the the sun and the star and the moon, which lots of times for me, I always look at it like as that's like huh, uh, witch type sun and star and moon kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I know, you know, with these different entities and things like that, I mean, there's just, there's so many different interpretations you can have with it. And uh, they don't all seem like they're related. I mean, that's it's a very common thing. It's, it's very hit and miss. It, I think most of the time when I talk to people, more often than not, when they experience multiple things throughout their life like you have, things mm-hmm. just don't seem like they're related at all. It seems like they're all very uh, separate instances that happen just to one person. And, uh, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's hard to interpret and, you know, figure out why and how and, you know, what makes one person so susceptible to experiencing something over everybody else, you know, because I think Cody mentioned to me in the email that, he's never experienced anything in his life, you know? And so it's, it's interesting how, like we talked about earlier, how maybe you are more sensitive to things and therefore you experience these type of things more often. Uh, it sounds to me like, you know, you might not be done experiencing things throughout your life. How does that make you feel to think of, think of it that way? Um, it, it doesn't bother me because I know, I don't believe that we're the only thing on the planet. You know, I, I believe that there, there is angels and demons and their spirits, you know, they're all in that same class. Um, like with Bigfoot, I, I don't know where to classify Bigfoot. And I, I believe it's out there. Obviously I've seen it a few times. Um, I, I don't know. I, it's going to sound really weird, but have you ever watched the show supernatural? Sporadically. I, most people don't, don't believe me, but I hardly ever watch TV. So, (laughs) but I have watched that show every once in a while. You know, when you become a truck driver, you don't watch barely any TV, but (laughs) I I used to watch Supernatural and they, you know, and like in every episode they'd have like the Wendigo or this or that, and they'd have all these things. And I'm like, 
you know, they're tapping into something because everything that I think that they show on that show is a real entity. You know, they, they do ghosts and demons and, and, you know, all the different kinds of things, skinwalkers, everything. And I'm like, I totally believe in all those because I, you'd have to be pretty narrow-minded to think that humans are the only things that exist. You know, I mean, does that make any sense? Absolutely. I mean, there's clearly, clearly, clearly other things going on other than the human race. I mean, there's just just, people have seen so many different things out there. And uh, it's just, I know it's tired and everybody's tired of hearing me say it, but not everybody can be lying or misidentifying. That's just the bottom line. And all it takes is for one person to be telling the truth for whatever category they're describing to actually exist. And if that one category exists, whether uh-huh. it's ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, Dogman, whatever you're talking about, then who's to say all the other categories don't exist either, you know? Yeah. Well, see, and with Cody, Cody's personality, he's he's got a very dominant personality. And for me, I have, like, m- more submissive personality. And, and I think that by being more observing kind of person that I am and the kind of person where he's dominant and he's leading and, you know, and all that, I think that kind of has something to do with it too, because with his personality, it's, you know, I think stuff doesn't approach him as much, or if it does, he doesn't notice it as much because he's, you know, move ahead, go forward, strong, dominant personality. And, And me, I'm, I'm really laid back. I'm open to things. Um, not to say that he's, he's not because he believes in all these things too, but I, I makes me wonder if people's personalities are what things decide they're going to present themselves to or not. That's a good point. That really is a good point. I wonder if that has something to do with it. I mean, uh, just people, some people experience things and some people don't, and some people experience a lot of things and, some people only experience a little bit. And I wonder if just their personality and maybe what frame of mind they find themselves in at a certain point in their lives has anything to do with it. You know, like sometimes people uh, even are more aggressive, you know, maybe for a five year period of time, they just have aggressive personality. Maybe they're angry at life or whatever. And I wonder if that would have anything to do with what they experience on a supernatural paranormal level. That's a very good point. Yeah. So I guess before we get out of here, I want to ask you with all this stuff that you're actually, you know what, before I ask you this question with your Bigfoot encounters that you were talking about, was that while you were driving or were you, were you on foot? I can't remember. Um, I was, well, I, I was driving on the first one. I was driving home from work. Um, and the second one, I I was in a bathtub. And it kind of was looking at me through the window. And um, because I, I was also on Sasquatch Chronicles. I was on episode 100. So um, that's kind of why I didn't really want to get into it too much because I'd already talked about it on on Wes's show, but the, in the second one, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I thought it was literally my ex-husband looking through the window, like 
trying to scare me. And I'm like, I see you out there. And I had my son with me. He he was probably, I don't know, between one and two years old. And we got done and I they took him out or I, he had went out before and my ex-husband, he was in the living room. So then I was like, oh my God. And then I was thinking about what the heck that was. And the next day I was like, um, and this, this was taking place down in this little community called Heim Pong, California, which is down, um, down by where Patty was seen is just 20, 30 miles outside of Willow Creek. And so I'd went outside and looked around. It was a really, really old cabin. And that window had to be seven to eight feet off the ground. And there was like no wood pile, no chairs, no nothing for my ex-husband to be standing on. And then it definitely dawned on me what the heck it was because nothing else is going to be that tall standing there looking in the window. Yeah, that's that's kind of creepy and freaky. I would I would highly recommend people go listen to episode 100 on Sasquatch Chronicles and listen to that episode. I, I actually do remember listening to that show uh, a while back. Uh, that was actually right around the time that I first started listening to the show. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine that feeling. But, um, you know, before before we get out of here, I wanted to ask you about all this supernatural paranormal experiences that you've had. Is there any consensus that you can come to to kind of help direct your thought process with this? I mean, is there any one thing that you can come back to and say, yeah, I think that these things are this or that and kind of help explain it out in your mind? Or is this something that you're just like, I have no idea. I just know these are the things I've experienced. Um, I know that they're definitely the things I've experienced. I'm pretty open-minded. You know, I, I had another ghost experience. Uh, let me tell you real quick. When oh, I was probably 2013 or so, um, I wasn't driving at the time, but Cody was. And But I, I went with him on this trip and we had left his yard down in Southern California. And it was it was around Thanksgiving, so it was pretty cold out. And we left his yard and he was, of course, paying attention to driving. And um, so walking on the street, I see this lady. And the best way for me to explain what she's wearing is for people who know of Little House on the Prairie, kind of like the nightgowns that they wore that kind of were like three-quarter sleeve. Yeah. Kind of came to mid-shin and had that look like really an old nightgown type thing. And she was walking barefoot, no hat on, no, no nothing, no gloves or anything. And I was like, man, she's got to be freezing. So then when we got past her, um, I asked Cody, I'm like, did you see that girl walking on the side of the street? And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I didn't see anything. There was no girl walking on the side of the street. And I'm like, really? You know, that one kind of tripped me out too, because of the time of year it was and what she was wearing and bare hand, barefoot, no cap on. So. And again, Cody didn't see it and you did. Yeah. For me, a lot of times I think, I don't know. My son talks a lot about like time slips. So 
I don't know if it's that kind of thing where it's some kind of time slip or if it's just um, a, a regular spirit or a ghost or, I mean, obviously it's, it's something that's earthbound. Um, you know, I guess it would be kind of neat if you saw, if I was able to see her again and see if there's, it was some kind of pattern she was doing over and over or, you know, I, I don't know how to classify all this stuff because I, like I, I had said before, I, I believe in angels. I believe in demons. I don't know where spirits, I, I believe the spirits all kind of land somewhere between them. Um, I believe any of them can appear to people if they wanted to. Um, you know, I, it, it's hard. It's kind of hard to explain. Absolutely. There's a reason why we do this show is because nobody has been able to explain it yet. You know, <laughs> I just yeah. like, I like gathering people's thoughts and opinions on what they actually feel they've experienced. And, you know, your experiences have been kind of like all over, you know, you've had, you know, these fairy gargoyle looking things when you're a kid to more ghostly encounters to demonic encounters to seeing um, Sasquatch. It's just, uh, I think, I don't know. I just keep on feeling like you, I think some people are just more sensitive than others and therefore they see, more than other people and it just seems like maybe you're one of those people i don't know uh but it's very interesting stuff and i really appreciate you sharing it tonight yeah no problem thanks for having me absolutely absolutely and if you guys you know ever see anything or come across something feel free to get a hold of me okay will do Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, I would really appreciate it if you went to iTunes, hit rate and review. That would help a lot. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me, please email me at theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. I'd also like to let you guys know that on last week's episode, we had Rick on. And Rick shared an experience with himself, his wife, and her friends where they were being shot at in Las Vegas during the shootings. Rick has since informed me that one of their friends has passed away this week. She was very stressed out from what had happened, and she suffered some seizures, and she passed away. Her family has set up a website through You Caring for donations to help get through this hard time financially. If anybody feels compelled to donate and help this family out, the link will be on the website in the description to this episode. The website is theconfessionalspodcast.com. I hope you guys have a good week. Stay safe and take care.
the best time activity.